Alright. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. And today we are looking at the second part of Transwarped, the Transformers animated season three premiere. The Transwarpening. That's right. Previously on Transformers Animated, uh, we got some flashbacks about Omega Supreme. We got Starscream and Megatron in space finding Omega Supreme. We got... And Starscream finding out that his mouth is his greatest weapon. Yes. (laughs) We got a bunch of Decepticons and Autobots who we're not going to see again. Alas. I think we maybe see them in cameos later, but we're certainly not getting Judd Nelson again. Aww. And we got some strange revelations about Sari Sumdak. <gasps> dun dun. Is she a robot? Is she a person? Is she a robot person? Is she some sort of transorganic? And, of course, will this not matter because they're all about to get murdered by the headmaster? Who has taken over Starscream's body. Yes. Which Starscream doesn't need anymore because he is a head floating in space with Megatron. Why is he floating in space like this? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Pretty, pretty sweet Optimus Prime Headmaster fight. He, he, uh, he gets the Sumdax to uh, to safety, uh, even though Sari insists that she should actually have a uh, have a separate hiding spot from her, not actually her father. <laughs> Which is that is cold. Yeah, she yeah. is good at being awful. Yeah, and also kind of cold here. The Headmaster is not like trying to get. Like, he's not trying to destroy Sumdak's business or whatever. He's trying to straight-up murder Sumdak and his child. It's, uh, it's pretty serious. Headmaster on a seeker. I know it's serious. <laughs> yes. So they fight. Prime obviously has the skill, but as a Decepticon, Starscream's body is bigger and stronger and has more firepower. And indeed, it doesn't... It is pretty resilient to Sari's little energy balls. <laughs> but thankfully, Optimus Prime does eventually hit the Headmaster with a truck. Uh, the Headmaster takes this opportunity to call everybody noobs. And I believe it's Sari who makes fun of him for having a... Oh no, it's Sumdak, like, oh, sacri- tries to sacrifice himself for Sari and talks about him having a big, dumb, giant head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's some good fighting here with Prime converting back and forth from robot and vehicle mode. Yes, he he hits him in truck mode, then kind of uses his his arms to grab him, and then tricks him because the Headmaster is an idiot into transforming into jet mode. But because Starscream has a relatively tiny head, his head just gets (laughs) crushed like like a compacted car cube and falls off. Yes, Optimus specifically 
Emily says, transforming isn't always easy, especially for a noob such as yourself. Oh, He's turn trying. it back on him. Now, I just like such as yourself. I like He's yes. almost, almost there. Almost prime. That's right, Headmaster. Now it is you who are the noob. <laughs> and so, yes, he has to prove that he is not a noob. Not and even... he tries to transform and squishes himself. Yeah. And then he just gets... Uh, Starscream's, like, headless body just kind of staggers off into the river like Princess Mombi from Return to Oz. Also... Um, I, I would okay. like to point out that Starscream's, like, physical damage has disappeared in this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Headmaster unit has nanites? I'm going to say yes. Or he, maybe he stopped to fix it before he got to the burger bot? No, because when he showed up at the burger bot, it was, I think it was still beaten up. Oh. I think okay, it's just then. the switch in animation from... Yeah, we everything reset between episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So he just gets handed over to the police, and this is actually the first time... Or no, he was arrested in his second... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he's handed over yeah. to the cops, and Howling that's the last, the last we see of the headmaster. This is the last we see of him. In fact, it's kind of the last we see of any of the human villains. Nope. That's it. They have now been Everyone? replaced with oh. uh, Cybertronian cameos. Yes, uh, robots taking our jobs. It's uh, it's the it's the mechan- mechanization of the <laughs> evil industry. It's true. There was apparently a cut scene. They even took our main human character. Yeah, there was apparently a cut scene with Angry Archer from a later episode, Aww. and then we see Porter C. Powell briefly Aww. again. Well, he's a villain, but not really a super villain like everybody else. Yeah. He's yeah, I mean, just he's a human like if this was Batman the Animated Series, he would be like Rupert Thorne. Yeah. Yeah. Or that uh, that Ed Asner guy who looked like Norman Osborn. Yes, I remember him. I remember him being uh, Ed- Roland yes. Daggett. Oh, Daggett. Who, who is kind of that guy who oh. gets uh, like Bane to death in Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> he's, he's the bad guy from uh, Rogue One. Ooh. Oh. He's a why the hell don't I own Wayne Industries yet? Yeah. Oh, it's because I don't care because I'm Bane. I'm just going to snap your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm Bane. Well, that's, that's my, my name. name. <laughs> anyway. anyway, so Headmaster plot is over. We uh, we get we check back in with Prowl, who thinks that the baby robot that Sumdak found was yes a Cybertronian protoform, and it scanned Professor Sumdak, as we kind of all figured out earlier, because we all watched. Beast yeah, Wars. how is he the only? Like, do the other Transformers not? Did the, the other Autobots not know where Autobots come from? It's possible they don't. Wow. Man, that's weird. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah, it is weird, but that's weird. I mean, Transformer reproduction has always been kind of weird, as it often seems like they don't quite know how it happens. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Like in that uh, Generation 2 issue where Prime goes back as like a vision quest, and he's all, whoa, hey, reproduction happened? That's new to me. (laughs) I just never thought about it. Well, that brought up budding and other weird stuff in G2, so, uh... Yeah, just a bunch of purple guys coming out of you. Mm. And that also produced evil. You know, evil. <laughs> it happens. Yep. 
So Sari is kind of okay with this. Because I guess this means that Sumdak is kind of her dad. Well, yeah, half the given DNA he... came from him, and the other half came from robots. What? Although this makes the uh, Tagatron Snowstalker relationship from uh, Beast Wars kind of more upsetting. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, was she actually his mother? I mean... Kind of? In this sense, yeah. I, mean, I guess that really just depends on whether it was actually, like, incorporating the DNA of whatever it scanned into what it was, or whether it was just, you know, like, artificial. I guess whether it was mimicking it or whether it was actually reproducing it. Yeah. It's a lot of thoughts. And then and then nobody actually knows how the protoform actually got there, but Ratchet radios in, says that Bulkhead's beat up, and Bumblebee is gone, and that's the last we're ever going to talk about. We will never discuss this again. <laughs> Let's never speak of this again. So Omega Supreme, he has been convinced by Megatron to take him to justice, by which, you know, taking him to Cybertron. But uh, for the rest of the episode, it is going to be like those episodes of Ninja Turtles where Krang and Shredder can't get enough energy to power the Technodrome. <laughs> oh man. Megatron, we need to get back to Dimension X. <laughs> Oh, R.I.P. Uncle Phil. Aww. Aww. That guy who played Krang is still around, though. I think he was just on that like new Ninja Turtles cartoon playing like '80s Krang. Huh. I, That's interesting. I thought the main Krang was a woman. What? I haven't seen any of that new show. It was Roseanne. Yes, oh, the Roseanne. Prime Krang Prime. And then there was also another Krang that was Gilbert Gottfried. Ah, nice. What? I. I. Oh, just thinking about Gilbert Gottfried as a brain in a jar is kind of horrifying. <laughs> but but Krang Prime is uh is Roseanne Barr, which is pretty great. But no, I guess there was like an episode where they like went into the '80s Ninja Turtles universe. Ah, uh-huh. oh, they jeez, oh, they do that in every series now. Yes, but this time I think it's like a union production, so they got the actual living voice actors. Nice. Well, they. They did that the last time they did that with the 2003 series. Rob Paulson and Cam No, they Clark? got, like, guys doing imitations. What? They did not get the I actual thought, guys. I could have yeah. sworn they got at least two or three of them. But Rob Paulson I'm and I'm pretty Cam sure Clark. they got... Well, I mean, Rob Paulson's already on the current one playing a different yeah, Ninja Turtle. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't at oh, least yeah. one of them He's already ha- in it? Like, I assume by the time Rob Paulson dies, he will have played all four Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and then when he's old, he can play Splitter. <laughs> nice. Actually, speaking of, I actually just heard Rob Paulson on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, and he is a lovely man. He has his own podcast, <laughs> oh. you know. Yeah, I've got to listen I, uh, to that. I keep meaning to, and I always forget to look I, it up. I had to listen to the one with uh, with Charlie Adler, because, you know, then there's like Aerial three Bot out of five Aerialbots. Also, Charlie <laughs> Adler, uh, when left to his own devices, is super gay, and it makes me so happy. Gayer than Cam Clark? Uh, I would say no, but not too far off. I mean, I mean, Cam Clark not only has recorded a an album of song of love songs to men, but also played female. <laughs> I don't think it's physically possible 
to be gayer well, than Cam Clark. Yes, but yes. And I say this in an entirely ad- admiring <laughs> yes. context. Like that's amazing. And, and is and and I I believe he actually moved to Canada to do the He Man show. Oh right, because that was all like yeah, Beast because Wars he guys. had been part of I guess the L.A. voice contingent, and he actually moved up to Vancouver mm-hmm. so he could play He Man. Uh, also, I I have a uh, I at least have MP3s of that album. It makes me so happy, but uh. But yeah, I would say not quite that oh. much, but definitely not leaving any questions. Yeah. Oh, I, I did remember, so like, anyway, Cam we... Clark is Yellow Dancer in Robocop. Yes. Although not the singing voice. Oh, but oh. he sings. That makes yeah. me sad. But yes, he was the the so that... first and possibly to this date uh, only actual cross-dressing character in ostensibly a kid's show. <laughs> there's... No, there's... Well, isn't there... Oh, I think there was a recent one, but I don't remember what that was called. I, don't I mean, a serious one as opposed to Bugs Bunny and Drag, which is different. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I think we all know that the best cross-dressing character in animation is uh, Cyber Six. Well... <laughs> Oh right! I always forget about that. That was like on Fox Kids. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. That was a very strange television show. Yeah, wasn't it like French or something? I think based on like an Argentinian comic, oh, and then it was involved. It was I think the French were involved somehow, and it was also like produced in Canada, but it was animated by uh, TMS. Aha! Uh-huh. So it looked amazing. Nice. And then I think all the voice actors were Canadians. Yay, Canadians. So I, I don't know that any Americans were involved in any capacity, but it was extremely strange. And it aired on American TV. <laughs> uh, for 13 gloriously bizarre episodes. But yeah, I don't know like who Gilbert Gottfried tends to talk to or, or have on or anything, but I can say that uh, Rob Paulson's show is very heavily voice actor and, and voice acting industry oriented, so it's, it's a good it, listen. It's very eclectic. They also had uh, Billy West a while ago. Ooh. So they occasionally get a voice actor. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Anyway, we're... Wa- okay, so yeah, the... Uh, Megatron and Starscream are doing the Shredder and Krang thing pretty much the whole episode. We cut back to them eventually, and eventually uh, Megatron just figures out that he can use the AllSpark fragment embedded in Starscream's head to power uh, the Technodrome, by which I mean uh, Omega Supreme. <laughs> by basically just shoving him down a chute, shoving him into the, the yep. compartment. Poor guy. And going back to the flashback plot, uh, we find out that speaking of things that are dumb, uh, Omega was deliberately engineered to be a thing that is dumb so he could be more easily controlled. (sighs) That's so messed up. And he could be so more easily controlled specifically into, like, being a war machine. It's so messed up, man. Well, and Ratchet, to his credit, thinks that's pretty messed up, man. Yeah, that's basically Ratchet's response is... Wow. And wow. so when, you know, Omega Supreme powers up and he's all, you know, I am, you know, I am your tool, I am your servant, I'm your weapon, and Ratchet's all, I'm Ratchet, I'm your friend. <laughs> I can't 
deal with that. Oh, Ratchet. And we get a little bit of Perceptor there, who uh, we are saving on voice actors by just giving him Stephen Hawking voice. Yes. Yes, he has a a, a generated voice, uh, according to, I guess, the AllSpark Almanac, because he deleted his uh, personality software to make more room for intellect. Ouch. <laughs> huh. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a vaguely problematic view of Stephen Hawking. That's true, but... I mean, I, I saw that whole movie. He, uh, he's got all sorts of emotions and uh, yeah. Oscar-worthy acting moments. Yeah. It's a bad movie. It's just Eddie Redmayne, <laughs> Eddie Redmaining it up. Oh, well, uh, yes, that, it's a bad movie, but it's Eddie Redmayne being crazy, so that sounds fun. Well, yes. Although I kind of like him more, like, I thought he was fine in that uh, Fantastic Beasts, where he's kind of subdued-ish. It's not bad. I still want to see that that Jupiter ascending because it sounds ridiculous as shit. It does sound amazing. <laughs> I guess I'm not a huge Wachowski fan. I like that first Matrix okay, but those sequels uh, killed my soul. Yeah, they're good. Speed Racer. Speed I Racer actually have not fun. seen it. It's it's dumb. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's just like the old cartoon. <laughs> yes, okay, according to the wiki, as you may have heard me looking up on my very clicky new uh, mechanical keyboard, uh, <laughs> that Derek Wyatt said at uh, in an interview that Perceptor deleted his emotions and personality to make room so, in his hard drive so he could be even smarter, and then that was... <laughs> canonized in the Allspark Almanac too, or it was said that he deleted most of his personality subroutines to leave more room for science. <laughs> which, which I, I love that way of putting it. But uh, I think this is because uh, the, the toy of Perceptor that was a truck came out later. So he was actually like a truck with a microscope in the bed that could like open up a little bit to be like a little science station. Uh, but yeah, I guess that was, I mean, it's not that far to take the idea of Perceptor. Like, I'm sure I have mentioned on this very podcast <laughs> about Perceptor in the G1 cartoon, just turning into a giant robot-sized microscope and just going. <laughs> And how I showed that to, I, I was watching it with a friend and he was so offended. <laughs> like, that just seemed so much like cheating. Uh, but, but yeah, I think this was, uh, the first perceptor being a truck with a microscope on yeah. it, uh, that they then, you know, had, had a toy of that was G1 oriented. <laughs> so offended. <laughs> So, we, uh, we cut to Cybertron. We got uh, Longarm Prime, who is talking to Cliffjumper, who has lines for the first time. Yeah. And he is David Kay. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I guess he's just, like, Longarm's secretary? I mean, he uh, just seems to be working with him, so. Yeah, so, so Longarm's all, hey, you know, why can't I open these space bridges? And he's all, yeah, um, like, we have Decepticons, like, coming in, like, from everywhere. So, they're just all shut down. Uh <sighs> We can't have that. We need Decepticons no. coming in from everywhere. 
uh, is, a, is something that I would say if I was a Decepticon secret <laughs> agent, which I'm totally not. He's such a bad liar, though. <laughs> well, the plan's supposed to be coming to fruition. Everything's supposed to be happening now, and nothing's going right. Yeah, like, this is, like, you think, like, you know, that I was supposed to not have to wear this dumb face ever again, like, three hours ago. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm just hanging out like a doof, talking office politics with my colleagues who I all want to murder with my claw hands. With my giant chinned colleagues. Yes. Hey, speaking of murders, here's Blur, who has successfully run across the galaxy to Cybertron. He's so great. And he's all, hey, uh... Oh, he's so winded. (laughs) I like that. Like, robots don't need to breathe, and yet he's so winded. I mean... He had a long run. Yeah. So he's all, hey, so hey, there's a there's a double agent on Cybertron. I have his voice, and now I can identify that voice with the Cybertron database, and then we can find out who it is, and we can send him to jail, and that'd be a really bad thing to tell somebody if they were actually that double agent, and oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> long arms, like, what what kind of information is it that you have? Uh, uh, I'm gonna murder you now. Yep. And so he, he runs into some tunnels, and, you know, he can't, Shockwave can't catch up to him, but instead he uses the Crush-O-Matic to trap him, and then just in an extremely horrifying shot, just crushes him to his apparent death. So he's dead. Yeah, it's... it's I mean, apparently he was supposed to be dead at that point. Yes. Uh, I think there was... Some There's... debate between two of the creative groups. I don't know if it was the the art people and the writers. Well, yeah, it was probably Derek wanted to keep him alive like usual. But and also there was on the commentary they mentioned a cut scene that was never filmed or might have been voice acted where Beachcomber was also supposed to be there <gasps> and Shockwave was going to kill him oh, for man. You can't have Beachcomber yeah. just show up and get killed. That's cruel. I know. He's such it's a nice like, guy. It could have been a more body count in this episode. And if there's one thing Shockwave hates, it's hippies. We're lucky we only had one. I guess. Jeez. Man. But yeah, yeah. Poor Blur gets turned into a little squished cube. Yeah, I think this is. We're going to see a little more of this late in the third episode, and then we can tell you uh, what is going to happen to this cube. Yeah. Yes. The cube. Well, it gets thrown into another universe and starts the movie series. Where is the cube? (laughs) No. Once again, you fail me, Starscream. Ah, I love that, though. In the movie. Uh, And he's like that. Yeah, I kind of just love Megatron stomping around yelling at people. (laughs) Yes. Being all Agent Smith. Being sassy with his pet elephants. <laughs> I mean, I think Megatron is consistently like one of the better parts of those movies, whether he be Agent Smith or I guess he's just Frank Welker now. I like him more when he gets to be Frank Welker, well, though. Because he's one of he's like the only consistent Decepticon that stays from movie to movie, except for Starscream in the first few. Yes. Well, his head's in the new one. Punked. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow got to Buffalo. <laughs> anyway, so Bulkhead is being fixed up back at the Autobot base, uh, and Sariel's all, hey, you know, instead of using 
tools and actual medical knowledge, I can just stick my key in there and he'll be a-okay. I'll just use some magic. Yes. Let me just magic this up. Because I'm like a magic robot now. Yeah. And Ratchet's like, you can't always fix everything with magic, sorry. Yes, and, and just she's because like, something... Yes, I can. Just because something is easier and faster and newer, it doesn't make it better. And she's all, yes, it obviously does. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ratchet. And indeed, Bulkhead would prefer, you know, the key, as opposed to this senile old man poking around in him with pointy metal implements. <sighs> Poor Ratchet. I feel so bad for him this entire episode. And the last and, one. And also, of course, we still don't know where Bumblebee is. <laughs> and so Bulkhead finally figures out that, you know, I can use a retrieval beacon generator, which uh, also kind of looks like uh, kind of looks like, uh, like an old cash register. Yeah, I can see that. And he was like, hey, we can use this to find, uh, to find Bumblebee because, again, I am a genius. Yes. I am a space-rich genius. Yes. I mean, so back in space, uh, Megatron's uh, trying to get Omega to work, and uh, they come upon uh, some asteroids. But uh, once they shine some lights on them, they are not asteroids. They're not just rocks. They're rock lords, rock lords, mighty living <laughs> rocks. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Ooh. It, it is, but, like, the commentary track... The, they say, like, Derek didn't intentionally design them as rock lords, but that's some of what they are. I mean, they're rocks that transform they're, into they're things that are not that rocks. That, that makes them rock robots. lords. That or, is the well, rule. People-shaped things. Yes. Well, okay, to be fair, they don't transform into robots, yes. necessarily. Well, the, well, the, they transform into rock monsters. Well, the rock lords kind of transform into people and monster-shaped things anyway. They're not exactly Yeah, I mean, the bad robot, guy rock robots. lords are definitely more monstery-looking. Uh, unfortunately, none of these are voiced by um, got two heads. Margot Kidder, Roddy McDowell, uh, Telly Savalas, or uh, <laughs> the, that dude from Flashdance, Michael Nuri. Alas. If, if it gives you any indication of how successful GoBots were vis-a-vis Transformers, take a look at those celebrity voice actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't see them having Orson Welles. Nope. But, I mean, I, I like Roddy McDowell as much as the next guy, but come on, the guy from Flashdance? Yeah, well, Telly Zavallis is... <laughs> no, I guess Telly Zavallis is about the same level as Roddy McDowell. When you see him, it's like, hey, that, that, that guy, I like that guy. But, it's that guy. He doesn't make a I movie. Mean, I don't think Telly Zavallis... I don't think uh, Kojak was even still on. No. Well, well he was no. in movies, I mean, too. it was probably in reruns. My Whereas, dad uh, is, is has been watching Kojak lately. I just want to mention that. <laughs> Old people. Old people yep. stuff. Telly Savalas, that's like those, you know, I see casting like that now where it's like no kid is going to understand that. It's obviously just for their parents to be like, oh, hey, <laughs> he was in Kojak like 10 yeah, I think years Even ago. in like 1986, that wasn't something that uh, kids were impressed by. No, but my dad would have been impressed by it even in 1986. They might have had, uh, they might have known Judd Nelson, though. Yeah, yeah. He was in Breakfast Club. Everybody liked Breakfast Club. Anyway, so the Omega Supreme transwarps away uh, just in time for Bumblebee, to, who is somehow like on some sort of quantum tether here, uh, <laughs> to end up right in the middle of these rock lords. 
and he just gets immediately eaten. Aww. (laughs) Poor guy. So, hey, it's time for uh, the Autobots to uh, to bring Bumblebee back home. So they lock him into his signature, they teleport him back home, but unfortunately they have also brought the Rock Lord that he is inside. (laughs) Yep, they think they've got Bumblebee, they've got a rock monster. Good job. It wasn't a rock. It was a rock monster. Monster. Rock monster. Okay. I haven't had lobster in a while. I'm hungry. What? No. I'm just thinking about food. Oh, uh. There goes a narwhal. Is it before or after this that... Ratchet is like super extra cranky and brings his EMP with him. Yes, he says, "I'm going to face my trauma head on by using this weapon that once erased a woman's mind against some monsters or whatever bullshit you're sending me out to fight." <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Although it's, I don't think an EMP. He's so cranky that he managed to shut up Prowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does anybody have any problem with that? And. And, and it's kind of like that uh, oh, Power Surge in Beast Wars where uh, Pterosaurs got all that super energon power and he's all, does anybody else want to uh, face me? And they're all, nope, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's okay. How about no? So th- this giant monster was in Teleport to Detroit. It's a monster. It's going to start rampaging. And so the Autobots are going to go stop it. And Sari is determined to go along with them because she is now a robot hero. Yeah. And she's... You don't tell her no. She's not good. No. I thought she was bad enough before. Yes. But Prime is entirely within his rights because, you know, he doesn't know what she's capable of or how fragile she is. And she clearly doesn't really know anything about her own powers, so you got to stay here. Yes. Also, she's going to get in trouble. Yep. Well, she's going to get in more trouble now, because she decides, hey, this key upgrades machines. I'm a machine. And then she just opens up like she's about to put the Matrix in there, and just puts the key in, and we get a transformation sequence for a person. (gasps) Yay! It's... We get a pretty magical girl transformation sequence. The beginning of it, at least. I mean, it's it's a very, like, magical girl by way of Jamie Hewlett, sort of, who is the, the animator who is mostly known now for doing the gorillas stuff. I believe he was, did he also do Tank oh, Girl? Oh, yeah, there's... Yes, that's what he did before he was in the gorillas. There, oh, that, that explains a lot, because there's one shot of, like, sorry that, like, in profile, where it looks so much like Noodle. (laughs) (laughs) And I am certain that Derek Wyatt is like, you know, likes his art. So, it's really not that surprising. So she's got armor that kind of makes her look like uh, uh, the the, the main guy from Metabots. Yes! Uh, Meta B? Meta B. Uh, She's still got her her sort of kicky skirt and her pigtails. Except she's now, like, taller and seemingly older. Yes, and her pigtails are shorter. Yes. I mean, she's, like, more proportionally built as, like, she's, like, a teenager um, now? Kind of, yeah. Yes. It, 
her design Maybe. upgrade, as she gave herself robot puberty, is mostly good, except for one thing that really, really, really annoys me, and in some scenes it's even worse. Her neck is, like, extra long. Yeah, it's, I think that's mostly just when she's in so this weird. outfit. I think, because, cause like, her neck goes up, and then she's got a collar on, and then there's more neck before the head, like... In some shots, her neck is almost as long as her head is tall. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, it, maybe it just bothers me so much because it's a thing I used to do and still do. Sometimes, like, I make necks too long when I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. And you look back on it, it's like, oh, my God, that's so wrong. It looks horrible. She's got a giraffe. Aww. So, yeah, she she is super powered up, and in the name of the moon, she will punish you. Yes. In the name of Cybertron's moons, she will punish you. In the name of Moon Base One, I shall punish you. Yes. Yes. Oh man, Sailor Moon Base One. Ah. Ooh. If if th- if this isn't on Tumblr yet, I think that just by speaking those words, I've caused it to manifest. <laughs> what? I'm not sure if those word combos have gone before, but you've seen or heard of G Gundam, right? Yes. Oh, right. It's was it? Yeah. Uh, Sailor Noble Gundam. Gundam. No, Noble Gundam looks like basically Sailor Moon is a Gundam. Right, from, was it Denmark? Uh, somewhere in the Netherlands up there. Like, no, No, because the Netherlands has the windmill. Oh, right, Nether Gundam with the windmill. (laughs) And then, uh, is it, uh, maybe it's Denmark that has somebody in a fish suit? Yes. The mermaid, um, the mermaid oh, Gundam. Yeah, the mermaid is so Scandinavian. I'm pretty sure um, that the I think because it's I think it's supposed to be Nobel, but you know it. Yeah, it's, Nobel right, Gundam is like like Neo, the Nobel Prize. So that would be Sweden. Neo Sweden. And I don't know. Is Sweden known for its magical girls? No, but I guess it's known for its blondes. I guess. Yeah. So they, they had to have it from somewhere. No, they didn't. I mean, no, they. I mean, didn't. all I know. Yes. The, the main thing I, I know about G Gundam had is to come from the. Somewhere. I know the main thing I know about G Gundam is that Neo Canada has Lumber Gundam, who is a Mountie. Yeah. <laughs> who has an axe. And while everybody else has like Gundam space names, the guy from Neo Canada is named Andrew. <laughs> I actually have. I have. I think have probably it was published by Tokyo Pop, uh, but I have like a little manga sized. Uh, little like G Gundam source book kind of thing that actually has pictures of all of them, Ooh. and I just I love just handing that to people. I want that. I didn't know they that. Familiar, and it's just oh my god, it's amazing. The, okay, admittedly, the, the American guy's name is Chibody Crockett, which is kind of a mess. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and Crockett he's a, is rock a fine star. Chibody is just and weird. And his Gundam has a surfboard for a shield, and it has big football player shoulder pads. It's got a football helmet, and it's got big football player shoulder pads that come off and turn into boxing gloves. Yeah. And his gun is like a revolver, (laughs) and it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Good, yeah. Also, I gave myself nerve damage building a model kit of it one time, so I hate the Maxter Gundam. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, Andrew Graham is the Canadian guy. <laughs> yeah, well. I, I mean, think he used so to play for the Bruins in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. So the Autobots are out to 
get the uh, get the Rock Lord, and Sari comes in with like she's got like energy skates. Yes, like not like roller skates, but like ice skates, which I guess is yes. appropriate for Detroit. That is super cool. <laughs> I mean, it is hockey town. Yeah. That's what they call themselves. We'll see how uh, it works when they miss the playoffs for a few years because their team is terrible. <laughs> uh, she doesn't really have a consistent theme here because I would think with the skate she would have, like, I don't know, a hockey stick or something, but she's got, like, arm blades and a big hammer. Yeah, it's yeah. like a pika hammer. You know, what? a pika hammer. I don't, I don't know what that means. It's the squeaky ham- hammer. Oh, okay. I always called it the quack but I, hammer. That's more like a... It's a it's a Japanese term for it is a pika okay. hammer. Oh. Well, it, it sort of looks like a glowing version of Magnus's hammer, kind of. Yeah. Which admittedly in, in is Japan when they do things like have a Galgaigar toy that <laughs> yeah. turns into a giant squeaky hammer for Galgaigar. Yeah, oh, Goldie Marg. They have an entire robot that becomes a giant hammer for another giant robot. Oh, Galgaigar. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That job sucks. I'm going to hit people with you. Like, even the sword guy, you're, like, cutting into them. But, like, you were just going to be horribly concussed as the guy who turns into the hammer guy. Yeah. Well, I think on the toy of it, like, the hammer actually comes off of its the back of the robot. It isn't entirely the robot itself. Okay, so it's not like his head is just being wanged into people. I can't remember if his head is part of the hammer. (laughs) I forget if it stays on the robot part or the hammer part. Anyway, speaking you of people know. with robot parts, uh, Sari is a friggin' murder machine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. She just hits this rock monster with a hammer, and it just breaks into rubble. Murders this smart, intelligent... <laughs> I was like, she killed the thing un- until the parts just get up and start walking around on their own. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it gets all Sorcerer's Apprentice on us, and like little chunks of it turn into little rock monsters. So, we get, so now we have the answer as to whether Sari would rather fight a duck a, a horse-sized duck, or 40 duck-sized horses. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they are tiny enough that she just makes them into gravel, and thankfully at that point they do not just turn into teensy, teensy little rock monsters, up to the point where people are just breathing them in. That would be deeply unfortunate. That's, that's, I think that's the plot of uh, Kurt Vonnegut's slapstick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that sounds about so, right. Unfortunately, the rocks are no longer the problem. It's Sari, who the key has sent it to overload, and in her case, overload means murder everybody. <laughs> yeah! Well, I mean, it has already tasted blood. I mean, rock yes, blood. Rock but blood. She's which like I guess is, killed uh, something lava? now. Oil? She's killed something now. What? You know what it is, Sari, to take a man's life, to. <laughs> Everything that you ever will be. Unforgiven. Anyway, Uh-oh. so the, everybody's got to kind of try and fight her, but not fight her enough to break her. But unfortunately, she has no such compunctions, or at least cannot stop herself from breaking them. Uh, Ratchet's magnets don't work. Prowl's ninja bullshit doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, he tries to hum at her. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. Speaks up loud. Yeah, not I'm gonna so try much. this Jedi mind trick, and then no, he just gets blown away. Yeah. And now Sari is gonna try and use the power of friendship, but unfortunately, the power of friendship is nothing against the power of stabbing. Yeah, <laughs> Bumblebee just 
Ah, oh, gets stabbed right in the well where a heart would be, but it's right just in his robot heart. Right next yeah. to his faction symbol. Yes. He just falls down. His just the light goes out of his eyes. He is D E A D dead. Yeah, it's not good. And that is where the episode ends. Dun dun dun. That is brutal. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's uh, that's a cliffhanger. Like, is this the most that violent is... Transformers cliffhanger ever? Ooh, <sighs> it's probably the most violent Transformers cliffhanger that does not involve someone named Optimus. That's true, and even like yeah. Optimus Prime getting blown, like Optimus Prime getting blown up in uh, at the end of other voices. Like it's you don't see him get blown up. There's just an explosion, and then you see parts of him. Yeah. Yeah. This is our beloved yellow kid-friendly character getting stabbed by his human pal. Yeah, it's uh, so they wanted it a little darker, huh? Oh, you want it darker? <laughs> <laughs> because this, this is this yeah. is, and in uh, I, when this was aired in the states, this was aired as one movie. Uh, yeah. In Canada, uh-huh. they are the first two episodes, and then you had to wait a week. Oh, geez. Oh, man. So Canada's children had harsh. to wait like a week to find out that Bumblebee hadn't just been shanked. Well, at least you wow. got it the next week, and you didn't have to pay for some internet service to see the second half of the damn preview episode. What the? I'm still annoyed about that Star Trek thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Star Trek people. <laughs> You've got the Orville. I don't... I, yeah, you got the Orville. I hear the Orville is okay. My dad also likes that. I also I heard it, it was okay. I don't feel like watching. That's going to be my Although new... I did also hear it from somebody who said I sounded like Seth MacFarlane. You you, yeah. do, you look a bit like him. Uh, I don't know about sounding. Oh my god, well, it's true. Well, I guess you do. He kind of <laughs> has a deep voice, too. But it's like, mm. uh, you could pass for his brother easily. Oh, god. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And yeah, that is the episode. What is going to happen next time? Will Bumblebee get murdered? Are we going to find out what happened to uh, Blur's crumpled corpse? Will the, will the Decepticons ever return to Dimension X? <laughs> will Scorponok return? Of course he will. <laughs> oh, it's, it's still the, the Headmasters is still infecting us. Oh, no. I'm always... Headmasters is always infecting me. I can't help it. It's always going to be there. Darn that, Headmasters. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But of course, we will be back in one short week to tell you what exactly happens. Or, you know, obviously watch the episodes yourself, because these are really that. good. Although yeah. this one, not a whole lot happens in this one. No, not as... It, this it, is definitely the one where it shows that this was going to be two parts, and we made it into three. Yeah, it's more random incidents that sort of fill in the middle. We yeah. need to have, I guess, we'll put, we'll put a rock monster in there. <laughs> like, I could kind of see a version of this episode where it's two parts, and, like, Sari turns into a robot to fight the headmaster. Ooh. Yeah, it, well, in, in the commentary I listened to, they, they juggled some things around, like... Oh, I forget something. Maybe it was the rock monster thing that was supposed to... Oh, yeah, Bumblebee was supposed to be jumping around the universe in a later episode, but they just brought it into this episode to make it bigger. Something. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. Or I'm remembering the commentary track wrong. 
Yes. Well, we we will we will check up on this. I got to listen to those myself. And we will return to you in that one short week. Yeah, and hopefully by well by the time this comes out, we might have our Halloween themed Patreon episode out. Maybe. That's right. We we've trolled Netflix to find the spookiest cartoons possible. And we have ultimately decided that we are indeed afraid of some ghosts. (laughs) But fortunately, Bustin makes us feel good. (laughs) What could this cartoon be? Why, it's obviously Filmation Ghostbusters. (coughs) Get ready for some ghost-fighting apes. I'm pretty sure I did not throw out my VHS tape I had of that. Or I might have, I don't know. My, My embarrassing admission is that when I was a kid, I thought... That was just like one show, and there were just like some episodes where it was like the guys from the movie, and some episodes oh, where it was these two doofs and their gorilla. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's a little odd. Well, I had some weird ideas about cartoons too. But, yeah. I mean, there were some episodes where it was like the guys from the movie, and some episodes where it was like Slimer and a bunch of dumb kids fighting a scientist. Oh yeah, and the, the well, wasn't that like the last season Slimer and the real Ghostbusters when the name changed? Yes. But and see that it seemed like two very different shows. So I just thought there was like a third component that was that had a gorilla. Yeah, you know. I mean, looking back, it was incredibly stupid because I'm sure they were on like different times. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and different animation styles. And one was called just Ghostbusters, and the other one was the real Ghostbusters, and had like the song from the movie. Yes, that's. I think that's uh, that's a pretty good giveaway there. I was kind of a dumb kid. Let's go, Ghostbusters. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so until we, uh, until our Patreon episode drops or this next episode drops, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Tumblr, we're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. I'm sorry. I was just distracted by the fact that for some reason, I'm, I, I got I got to looking at the Titans Return faces that uh, Trent Troop had done on Shapeways, uh, and I got distracted by the fact that this one that's either Leader One or possibly uh, a, a Slingshot, which is where I, I initially was like, "Wait a second, it's called Jennifer One." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's both, and he did that intentionally. Yeah, because I, hey, I they am the same head. I am the fandom's preeminent Ariel Lot fan. Anyway, <laughs> so we are hosted by IconUnderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up where you can help support our podcasting fees and hosting and all that, uh, and listen to our special episodes. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash underground. Of course, our podcast can be found wherever finer podcasts are found, both on Google Play and on iTunes. Wherever you, wherever you listen to us, please rate and review. And so until next time, when we finally conclude the Transwarped Trilogy, I believe that's Transwarped Part 3, Season of the Witch, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Is that
get when we get to uh, robots in disguise in like a year and a half, we should uh, see if either Sife or Trent do podcasts. Ooh, we should. Because they were they um, were involved with its creation somehow. Yeah, yeah they did they some material. Sl- submitted pitch idea kind of things. I mean, I think they came up with They the, do their own on YouTube podcast thingy with the Isla Rangoon stuff, so shouldn't be the hard to get right. Yeah, I think they came up with the Autobots versus animal villains. So they're why all the Decepticons are furries. Yes. <laughs> also, my ferret is being amazing right now. I have to take a picture of him. Oh. Oh. 